What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. going on hogline nation welcome back to the hogline podcast i am your host mitchell manis alongside co-host jack manis and andrew Scharfler. welcome back folks you are listening to the episode 154 of the podcast we are 45 46 46 away from 200 so we'll get there in some coming months i don't know why it just came to my mind but welcome back folks four is in the books Week five is upon us just uh, in a day or so. How are you guys feeling today? Feeling football. Yeah, definitely <laughs> feeling football. I agree with Jack on that one. <laughs> yeah. I do apologize to Hogland Nation. If I, I, I'm a little congested, so if I sound a little... Same. Okay, well, uh, there we go. Jack's not. Okay, so if you hear some congestion in our voice, we apologize, but we're going to power through it. We had to give you today's episode. We had to just... Blue game. That's all it is, blue game. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We have a jam-packed episode for you guys, as we always do. We have, of course, Eagle Eagles Rant of the Week. We, we've dubbed it Eero. I don't mm-hmm. know if we said that on air, but uh, Eero. Shref's going to be giving us his thoughts on this past weekend's loss to the Kansas City Chiefs for a couple minutes. Um, from there, we'll be doing a little bit of stock up and stock down for some teams and some players. Uh, we each have one for stock up and stock down. Some, you know, players or teams that may be trending in the right or wrong direction, and we'll kind of give you our thoughts on that. And our third segment of today's show, we'll be doing some fantasy football Jeopardy, a little mini Jeopardy game between these two. I've came up with the questions. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and we'll just be going from there. Not a full game, and obviously this is no bearing on our champ, current champion, Alex, uh, who I am still in the process of trying to organize a match with a, with another strong competitor, but we will we will see about that. That uh, could be coming in the coming weeks or so, so be on the lookout for that. And, of course, we end with Lock of the Week, and we will recap how we did in the, in the last week with that, which I believe we all went one and one, so no, yeah, ga- so. no ground gained or lost there. Shreff, are you ready? The floor is yours. You have yeah. a few minutes to say whatever your heart desires about the Philadelphia Eagles who didn't look great. Yeah, um, I'll start off. I'll, I'll give them about the least bit of credit I can give them, which is that they at least look better than they, than they did against Dallas, which is not saying much because that was probably one of the worst like 
combined like all around team games that I've seen them play in a while. Um, so just to get into some general topics, I thought the offense looked a lot better. Um, I liked what I saw out of the play calling with Sirianni. You saw a lot more quick passes, uh, RPO type style stuff, which is what you were seeing out of Hertz in college. So it's almost like it makes sense that you're going to tailor your offense to what he did in college. Cause that's where he was good. Um, so I thought that looked good. Um, Miles Sanders, I, someone's going to have to like go find him. I don't know where he is. He's, he's, he's being hidden. Apparently I, you know, last week it was whatever, like they, they were playing from behind the whole, like the entire time. There was a lot of game against, against the chiefs here where they weren't, they weren't out of the game whatsoever, especially in the first half. And they just, they still weren't using them. Um, but in that same department, Kenneth Gainwell, all of a sudden out of nowhere has himself a nice little game. Um, didn't use him running the ball a lot. I think he, he might've only had like three or four carries, but he was, I mean, he was out there. It felt like on almost, yeah, I think three, he was out there on almost every play um, kind of playing as like a, as a receiving back. It, it reminds me, especially with Sirianni being previously from the Colts. It reminds me of, you know, those random games where like Naeem, uh, Naeem Hines will have like three touchdowns. Cause they just like keep throwing him the ball. It kind of felt like one of those games. So that, so that was cool. I didn't mind seeing that. Um, and then defensive side of the ball, my, my Lord. Um, not good. I'll, I'll give them a little benefit of the doubt just because they are, they were going up against arguably the best offense in, in football these past couple of years. Um, but just, there's not many positives I can give. I mean, Tyreek was down the field. They, they locked up Travis Kelsey. I guess that's, that's a plus. Um, but I think I forget who I was talking about this with, but when it comes to playing the chiefs, you kind of just have to choose whether you're going to shut down Hill or Kelsey. And then the other one's just going to go off and I guess that's just kind of the risk you take um overall though uh not good not awful um once again the one consistent factor this entire year has been the red zone offense still atrocious um I believe they scored on the first three possessions and two of them ended in field goals um you know if you're playing a bad team that might work out for you if you're playing the Chiefs that is not going to work out for you the Chiefs don't don't get into the red zone too often and not score a touchdown so that's probably the main takeaways. The offense just has to finish drives off better and defense. I mean, Brandon Graham injury is still looming large. Derek Barnett is my least favorite player in the NFL. Um, that's probably what I'll, what I'll end with. I, I really don't like him at all. Yeah. Going back to what you said uh, in the beginning of that, I did see that uh, cop for Sanders and, uh, and Gainwell when, Sirianni was announced to be the head coach for, you know, a Taylor Mac kind of, sorry, Taylor and Hines kind of uh, comparison there mm. of how their workload could uh, kind of shake out. And he hasn't really gone to that because Sanders has not been given the Jonathan Taylor workload. So it's not a perfect comparison, but you could say Gainwell did have a Naheem Hines type of game. So that, that, that is a, I guess, good comparison there. Um, what was the second thing I was going to say? Oh, do you think the Eagles, I mean, now they can get Gilmore, but with the two surprising cuts of Jalen Smith and Stefan Gilmore, the past couple, do you think it would be wise for them to pursue them uh, or now just Smith because Gilmore uh, was traded to the Panthers earlier this, uh, this morning? Yeah, I thought about it a lot. Um, the one thing I keep coming back to though, and this is, this is the benefit of having friends that are fans of other teams. Um, one of my one of my very good friends is is a diehard Cowboys fan. Um, I'll give Mr. Nestro a shout out now. Jack, I know you like that. Um, he's been on Jalen Smith's case this past like two years about just not being good. Um, 
what I mean, what, what it seems to be, in my opinion, and you, I mean, Jack, you might be able to attest to this, and Mitchell actually too, I guess, with being with Notre Dame. Um, that injury that he sustained senior year, I think, still like that. That's one of those ones where you can you can definitely recover from it, but you're never going to be like the same player that you were. And I think that's been pretty apparent. I mean, you'll you'll he'll he'll make some nice plays, but you'll also see him out there, and he just like can't he like can't move side to side. You just can't get to the ball. And as I mean, obviously, if he comes into that linebacker room, he's going to be one of their top guys. I just don't know if that signing is worth it. And how does that I'm actually curious, how does that work with money then? Because he's still owed a lot of money. I'm not necessarily sure, but I think I saw he's owed seven million dollars. Yeah. And I know I know Dallas obviously takes on that, but I don't know if if the if the team that I mean, I'm assuming the team that signs him has to pay some form, but he was on. I mean, they Dallas signed him what like a year ago, two years ago to that to that big contract. Yeah, which I was very surprised at. And as big as a fan it, of Jalen Smith, I am. Like they pay that was when they were paying everyone but Dak, and I'm like Jalen yeah. Smith is up yeah. next, making 13 yeah. million a year. I think it was yeah. like wow. Yeah. Okay. Do you do you agree that like does he? I mean, it it seems like he's lost a step, and I Definitely. I don't think it's necessarily it's not his fault. Like I said, it's one of those injuries where you can obviously yeah. come back and play. Like I, I think about like the Alex Smith injury. Like yeah he was able to recover and come back and play. But I mean, it was still apparent that it just isn't, it, it's not the same as it was. Yeah, I agree. It's unfortunate because I love watching him in college. He was great in college. Um, did he, I know like in the beginning, I feel like he had uh, like in the beginning of his NFL career, he was fine. Like he performed well. I thought he was a great player. He may have made a pro bowl. I think um, he might've, I think he might be right. I think he might be right. But he made the 2019 Pro Bowl. Okay. Right. Uh, so, yeah, but I think at this point, the injury just kind of caught up to him, and he's really just not as good, and Cowboys know that. So Yeah, and I, I, I agree with the move on the Cowboys part. Um, I, from what I'm seeing, it, it sounds like I, I was seeing text. It sounds like the Packers might be going after Jalen. Um, I think that that's a fair fit. But I think also with the Cowboys, it now wasn't, uh, wasn't Micah playing defensive end? these last couple weeks i saw him in the beginning of the season the first two yeah. games doing it but they, i don't i don't know about the i'm not sure either but, four, but him and then also they they drafted a jabril cox in the draft too and i think there were a lot of cowboys fans that were excited to see him get some playing time so it, it seems like a good move for the cowboys it as an eagles fan if i was going to say right now i would say don't sign him i've seen a lot of people on twitter who i guess probably don't watch as much cowboys as i have over the years but um, a lot of Eagles fans wanted him. I personally am okay not getting him. Probably all depends on the money as well. That's yeah, always yeah. the deciding factor. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if you can get him for very cheap, why not? But if it's something you have to, a premium you have to pay, makes you a little bit hesitant in that regard. Uh, last thing we, I would like to say before we move on to stock up, stock down, is I, I do think it's interesting. Bless you, Shrev. Thank you. Wow. Zoom tight. Thank you. Uh, the two losses that the, sh- the Chiefs have suffered is when Tyreek Hill was completely taken out of the game. And the two wins they have, he had absolutely monster games. So maybe there is some correlation there between stopping Tyreek Hill and make, I mean, that's obviously easier said than done. Not, not every team has the personnel to do that, but maybe he's the one that you have to focus on more. You know, I, I, when I, when I think about like the Chiefs games, like in my head of like the ones where they, they're just clearly the better team. I, I think of a lot of those just like, 60 70 yard touchdowns to Tyreek and 
maybe it is like that bit, like, you know, like that game breaker play, like, you know, you, you get into the defense's head and you're like at any second, I could just launch an 80 yard bomb and score on you guys with Kelsey. It's a little different. Cause you're kind of working your way up the field a little bit more methodically, I guess. Right. And I think I may say it's you or someone, I, I, I really think that defensive game plans going in against the chiefs, you're going to have to pick one. You're going to pick your yeah. limiting Kelsey or limiting Hill because on Sunday, Kelsey was sort of a non-factor. I mean, he had, he had, I think, like four catches for like 40 four, yards or something, something like that, there. which is a mo- very, I mean, below his standards, a very modest game for tight end receiving-wise. I know as a tight end, Kelsey could uh, be effective uh, other than the receiving game, but I think that's just kind of the MO against going against the Chiefs. You got to pick one. Um, even if you pick one, you're probably going to lose still. <laughs> so. Yep. Exactly. All right. So we did kind of get off the Eagles there for a little bit. We were on a couple of tangents with the, with the uh, Jalen Smith talk and the chiefs, but I guess they, I don't know, maybe the Eagles didn't deserve more of our time. So you could say that as well. Uh, we'll move yeah. on to stock up and stock down. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we both at all three of us, excuse me, have one team and one player for both up and down. Um, I guess we could start with up. Who wants to go first? And do you want to say your player or team first? Mitchell, go first. Yeah, you got it. All right. Well, I'm going to start with my team stock up. And it's a team we've already touched on so far here, but it's the Cowboys. Uh, they have won. Jack probably has them. He's smiling. Right they were here. one of my options, too. We were, we were all on the same page. There. Well, I'm sticking with them. So we're, <laughs> we're going to have the same stock up for team. <laughs> right. Okay. So we'll, we'll see if we have similar points. I'm sure we do, but the Cowboys have won three straight after losing opening week to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is very interesting, but they are 22nd in the league in pass attempts per game at 33.25. Jack, what are you doing? Are you in class? I don't know. He's Sorry, like I just, I just popped up on my browser. Oh, so I, that's why I quickly muted. Boo. I thought you were in class. That would be a super unprofessional today. Uh, Keep going. Anyway, before I was rudely interrupted, uh, they are 22nd in the league in pass attempts per game at 33.25. They are sixth in rushing attempts per game and second in rush yards per game at 165.8. That is how you play winning football. I know everyone was in awe of Dak's first four games last year, how he was on pace for a ridiculous amount of yards and a ridiculous amount of touchdowns. And that's really fun and fun to watch and good for fantasy. But I don't believe the Cowboys had a very good record in those games. And now they're three and one. They're way more balanced, even more of a run heavy team. I guess you could say now Dak is super efficient when he's throwing the football. And it's just, that's just a winning brand of football. It kind of is reminiscent of four or five years ago, the Cowboys when they were more run centric and it's, it's a good brand of football. And, I think if if need be, they can win in a shootout. And Dak, if he needs to throw 45, 50 times in a game, that's something that they can do. But a good team, a measure of a good team, in my opinion, is if you can win in different ways. If you can win a low-scoring mm-hmm. game, if you can win a grinded-out game, a, a very defensive game, or if it's a you know offensive fireworks show, and you can win that, that's that's a very good sign. If you if you can win in multiple ways, and so far, I mean. This past Sunday, they defeated the the Panthers, and I think it was something like thirty six twenty eight or something like that. Yeah, yeah I think it was. It was they beat the score them. was closer than than the game actually was. Yeah, right. Like 
It should have been more. But, they outplayed right. them pretty much the whole way through. That, yeah, exactly. But my point being, high-scoring game. Yeah, yeah. They won it that way. Week two, they beat the Chargers, who look like a very good team, 20-17. to 17. Went to overtime, I believe, in very low-scoring game and not much going on the offensive end. So they've won different ways. I think they're, they're definitely – stock is ticking up. Clearly, they've won three in a row. And um, I, just, I like what I've seen so far, the first quarter of the season. Uh, yes, they're also my stock up team. Uh, offensively, I love what Kellen Moore's doing with them. Uh, and as you touched on, they're effective both in the run game with two very good running backs, the argument we've had, uh, with Zeke and Pollard. The offensive line's healthy, which definitely helps uh, in that respect with the, getting the run game going. And yeah, as you just said, like versatility in your offense, they were very pass heavy team the few weeks with Dak last year. Um, but now they're, they're more balanced. They can win on the ground, which they did against the chargers. Um, and they can win by throwing the, well, they didn't win against the bucks, but it was a very close game against one of the best teams in the league. So, which they did primarily through primarily through, uh, the passing game. Um, but yeah, the offense looks complete, uh, that was never really a question with the Cowboys. The question was their defense. Um, Dan Quinn, I criticized the hire just because of how poorly the Falcons were run last year, but I mean, he's done a great job with his defense. Um, granted, they're not a top defense, but I mean, they were regarded as like one of the league's worst defenses last year. And I guess you could say like maybe they're mid packed, maybe even slightly below average, but that's fine. Um, the defense is just – it's not going to kill them entirely. So, uh, just how good their offense is, they don't need an elite defense to back that up. So, I think um, that's good enough to make it far, I hope. Uh, but speaking of their defense, I'll transition into my stock up player. I want to talk about Trayvon Diggs. He was one of my options, Jack. You nice. Um, so Trayvon Diggs having a fantastic start of the season through four weeks. He has five interceptions already uh, with two picks on Sunday and then a pick in the first three games each. Uh, he's been targeted 28 times and he's only allowed 14 receptions. Um, matchup wise week one, he guarded, he was on Mike Evans. I think I just saw for about 80% of snaps. Mike Evans, if you remember in week one, he was pretty silent. I think if I recall his stats, uh, I think he had like three receptions on six targets for like 24 yards. Um, week two, he was presumably on uh, Keenan Allen against the Chargers. Uh, I looked up those stats. Keenan Allen did have 100 yards, but he only had four catches on eight receptions. I don't know particularly when he was guarded by um, Diggs, but I mean, at least he kept him out of the end zone. That's something. Uh, the, he was primarily on Devonta Smith, the Eagles game. Devonta Smith only had three catches on six targets for we don't probably, talk about yeah, that. like the same line as Mike Evans' game. And then last week, I know DJ Moore, he was covering a lot. I just watched film on that. Um, he kept – DJ Moore's touchdown – both his touchdowns, at least, were not uh, Diggs's fault. He was out of the game for a second touchdown, I know. Um but he held DJ Moore, at least out of the end zone, about 100 yards, which he's as good a receiver as you're going to get right now, DJ Moore. So, matchup-wise, he's playing great. I mean, five picks, he had one pick six. 
that Devonta Smith interception, Devonta Smith threw the interception. Um, so, I mean, he's fantastic. I want to check his odds for defensive player of the year. I wouldn't bet on him still, but um, just a player out of nowhere, like you would not have expected him to be, expect him to be in a defensive player of the year conversation. So uh, that's my stock up player and also my stock up team. Breaking news, Jalen Smith is officially a Packer. No yeah. way. Called it. Well, I didn't call it. I was just seeing reports, but yeah. That's okay. Exactly right. So cool. there you go. Right. Uh, Shref, you now. could say your team and player, but we do uh, have to go. I did not say my player. So yeah, no, so I'll go, I'll go team yeah. player and then I'll hand it back to you. So starting with team, I was debating between two here, but actually Mitchell's one argument about talking about how good teams can win in multiple different ways kind of gave me uh, my answer that I was looking for. You guys might not not like to hear this. I'm going to be taking the Cleveland Browns as my as as my team with the with the stock up. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to roll through. So you start off week one. You're in Kansas City. Tough start. You lose 33-29. You lose by four to the Chiefs in Kansas City. Week one, not not the worst thing ever. You obviously want to win that game, but you don't. Then you beat Houston by 10, 31-21. Then you then you're against Chicago and you play what seemed to be in my opinion one of the more just like all-around dominant games that i've seen um justin fields was sacked eight times is that what that was seven or eight something along those lines i don't it was nine, nine yeah might have been nine yeah miles garrett was uh, he had like four and a half himself i think miles was an eater at that point so you win that game 26-6 and then this past week you go in against minnesota a team with the likes of dalvin cook adam thielen justin jefferson all on your team and you beat them 14 to seven in Minnesota. So clearly Browns did not have their best stuff. And yet the defense was able to will them to a victory that they maybe shouldn't have gotten in the first place. Um, overall, uh, Stefanski seems to be kind of getting used to this place. They, they were obviously a good team last year. So I was interested to see, I mean, obviously we all know the history of the Browns. I, I think even after last year, everyone was still a little like, eh, they could always like go back to what they always were, but they're, their roster top to bottom, I think, is just too good to fail at this point. Um, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are, I mean, one of the better running back duos that I've seen in the last, like, I don't know Ever. how long at this yeah. point. Yeah, like it, I mean, Kareem Hunt could go to, off the top of my head, at least probably like 20 different NFL teams and be like their, be their three down back, probably more than 20 teams. Um, he's crazy. Odell's back to being what seems to be healthy. Jarvis Landry set back, I believe, not this weekend, but maybe next weekend which will be good good to get him back. Um, Austin Hooper's looked pretty good this year I, 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 from what I've seen. Um, just overall, they seem just like a solid team. And I think another reason that I have them trending up is, I mean, Bengals are, Bengals are the Bengals. Um, Steelers, I don't know what to make of them right now. Uh, it's not, not pretty. And then Ravens also, I, like, obviously a good team, but I don't think Ravens don't seem to be considered as, like, of like a top team as what they were the last few years. So it, this, it feels like this is the Browns division to lose right now. I'm interested to see, I'm going to look at their schedule. They got, they got a tough little stretch coming up though. They got, so this will be interesting actually. Yeah. Able to right. this. I was going to say that you go chargers this weekend, Cardinals week, week after that. And then Broncos week after that leading into a leading into a Steelers game. So these next three, four weeks are going to be a good, uh, a good litmus test for them. But I, for now, they're they're the team trending up for me. And then, I quick comment quick on that, <clears throat> on your trending up team. Sure. Um, so you made great points, but neglected to talk about Baker Mayfield. Um, I did. 
So I think now Baker Mayfield has historically been my least favorite player in person to exist in the entire world. I feel like you're starting um, to like him now. I know. Yeah. I I I'll concede that I feel like he's as a person. I feel like he's matured, and I don't hate him as much as I used to. Yeah. Um. Simply as a player right now, like he the past two weeks he's not played well. No, not at all. I agree. Uh, last week in particular, he completed only forty five percent of his passes. Um, the week prior to that, not great. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that's what I've always said about the Browns. I feel like their their success is capped by Baker. I think he's a, like a textbook game manager. Like I, I really don't see him as like a quarterback to put you over the edge. However, you mentioned their running game, like it's, it's so good, a thing of beauty. <laughs> like whenever, like I watch them run, and like first off, Nick Chubb will always get like seven yards, yeah, no matter yeah. no matter what. He just breaks off chunks. Um, and like the packages they run, and like they just it just seems like they're working with like nine blockers sometimes. Like I like they I don't know. It's just it's really incredible to watch. Um, that's all I want to say about the Browns. Yeah, give us your uh, stuck up player. Yeah, I'll go player. Quick little counter argument though. Baker being bad, Browns are still three and one. Imagine if he starts to turn, get get going a little bit. Then, then we'll see. But that, that's it about the Browns. That, that's way more Browns talk than I expected. <laughs> yep. Um, player up. Trayvon Diggs was the first player I listed, so I will go to my backup player that I listed. Um, I'm gonna go to the quarterback realm, and I will be going with Sam Darnold as my choice here. Um. Obviously, on the Jets, it was, I mean, a, a train wreck would be putting it lightly. Um, but I think that I think it's been pretty much completely established that the issue was their head coach. Um, and it's been even more established now that Sam is over in Carolina under Matt Rule, who I am a huge fan of. Also a ginormous fan of Joe Brady, who I know has been talked about a couple times on this podcast. Um, just he looks good. He finally has some weapons. DJ Moore has been one of the better probably one of the best receivers in the league so far mm-hmm. Robbie Anderson hasn't done a ton but I think that really is like mostly due to the fact that DJ Moore has just been like otherworldly um and then also I believe Sam Darnold most rushing touchdowns in the NFL currently is this yeah. correct yes I believe I, I thought so um so that so that's a new I mean granted they're not like it's not like he's like going for like 50 yard runs but like it's, it's just the new facet of the game of his game that I don't think we really got to see at all in New York simply because it, it felt like every time he dropped back, he was just getting laid out by people pretty much no room to do anything. Um, but he's looked amazing. The Panthers have looked amazing. And it, it, it's, it's very nice to see a guy who clearly got kind of screwed over by where he was drafted. It, it's nice to see him get a fresh start before things are too late. I mean, what he's only, how old do you think he is now? 25, 26, probably younger than that even. He's 24. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, it's not because sometimes you'll get those with those those QBs that get drafted high and then they just kind of get stuck somewhere for a while. So it was very nice to see him. It's very cool to see him go somewhere else and find success. And that division, obviously, I mean, outside of the Bucks, that division's open in terms of who the good teams are. So, I mean, Panthers are sitting right there and Darnold seems to be the guy that's going to lead him there. So I'm, I'm a huge fan. Absolutely wild that he leads the league in rushing touchdowns. Out of that, all people, which makes no sense. It, yeah, it really does. Do you know how many yards he has in the season? I I would say like take a guess. Forty. Jack. Rushing yards? Yes, rushing yards for Sam Darnold. No, I'll say fifty. Um well I'm not gonna guess a lot. 
I'll go less, like 30-something. 52. So All right. That's uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. And he has 20 carries and five touchdowns. So he's, he scores on a, on a fourth of his carries. So there's a lot of, a lot of crazy stats here. But, yeah, I really like that one. And uh, Joe Brady is certainly getting the most out of Sam Darnold. That's for yeah. sure. Uh, I'll quickly go over my stock up player. It's someone that I mentioned last week. And uh, if anyone knows me, I'm, they know I'm a big fan of this player. It's James Robinson. Uh, he's had his carries increase every week of the season so far. And I, I gave him as my start of the week or start last week. And uh, it definitely paid off. I think he had about 20 or 21 fantasy points. So definitely a solid week from J-Rob. He is someone I believe that the Jaguars can rely on. And I just, I see very few weaknesses in his game. I guess the only critique that I could offer of his game is that he's just, he's never, he's not going to have the top end speed that some running backs have, but his vision is fantastic. He's a tough runner. He can catch, he can pass protect. He is decisive in his runs. And I just expect him to be exactly who he was last year, if not better. Uh, I mean, the, the Jags were a terrible team last year. And they didn't even run a lot last year, and they had a terrible offensive line. And they he still was RB7 overall in 2020. So, I mean, I really can't see him. If they use him like this, there's no way in my mind he finishes outside of the top 10 in fantasy scoring. So I just think he's a fantastic player, and there's just very few weaknesses that I see to his game. So, that, I mean, it definitely helped that Carlos Hyde was inactive for this game in terms of his fantasy output, but still. I still think he's he, should, guy. he should be. So yeah. my, my only comment on that is um, what were the Jags doing when they drafted Travis Etienne um, at the end of the first round? I, I, I've never been a fan of taking running backs in the first round, especially not when you have James Robinson. I understand you draft Lawrence number one, you want to like give him, you know, his teammates some familiarity, but I mean, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I, I've said it many times, but he's an idiot. It's, it's absurd. Urban Meyer. I mean, for other reasons that we can definitely get into later on. Oh, I'd show, love but, to. But, <laughs> Hold uh, on. Well, well, let's get into right now because no, although he's not a player, he's my stock down. <laughs> <laughs> so go, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer form open. So he's your stock down person. Yes, person. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for a variety of reasons, he's he's very stupid. The dude stinks. <laughs> he's a. Uh, I was actually going to touch on it. I mean, never mind. I, I'll, touch I'll, on I it now. Urban Meyer's my stock down player. I know. You'll find out later what I have to say, but I'll just have to say, like, his decisions in the draft, some of the coaching hires he's made. If anyone doesn't know, there was a video released of him doing things at a bar, at his yeah. bar. Yeah, you know the bar he did that his was picture. There's a picture of him and his wife at like on on top of the like it. It is very much his like a bar that it's he, like yeah. Urban Meyer's restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, what Shreff <laughs> is referring to is that in the restaurant, there's a picture of him and his wife pretty much right above where yeah. he was sitting and uh, grabbing the posterior of a young woman. Uh, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, it was it kind of caused some controversy in the locker room and. I have the sense that it's not just about that. I mean, it's certainly not a good look and whatnot, but we've seen reports that the, the Jags locker room, he's kind of losing it. 
and yep. I'm laughing at him when he leaves the room. <laughs> the players and the organization kind of lost a little bit of trust and respect for him. And I think that is not just to do with this video and this latest scandal. I think it kind of runs a little bit deeper than that. And I mean, I've been well documented saying that I don't think he's going to last very long and it's not going to very work, work out very well, but I still think it'll last at least the season, but I was going to say, do you think he could get fired mid season? Yeah. I mean, it's possible, but in year one, it's it's more possible that he leaves and he quits. Yeah. Well, like have some kind of like fake injury. But, but yeah, so yeah, not, not a good week for Urban Meyer, to say no. the least. No. So stock down. Stock 10 Urban Meyer. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, all right, Shref, who is your stock? I guess we can't limit it to a player now. Stock person. That is, well, I, that I, is am gonna go, the- I am, I am going to go player, but now, but now if we ever do this segment again, I'm going to be, I'm going to be expanding my range of, of who, who I'm going to take, but um. I'm going to go to the wide receiver section Um, with the recent news of the official new starting quarterback. um, Obviously it changes a little, but I still am very much out on him. I'm taking Alan Robinson as my, as my player stock down. Um, Justin Fields officially named the starter today, which once Matt Nagy can't even announce his, like if you like, I'm I'm, (laughs) this is going to turn into a little Matt Nagy rant, but then I'll move on to it. If you have two starting quarterbacks that you're like deciding between with Dalton and Fields, why why do you announce it on Wednesday who's starting when because that that then means that you're giving the team you're playing an entire like half a week to prepare for the guy and the, the defensive game plan between Justin Fields and Andy Dalton is vastly different vastly different so Matt Nagy's like yeah I'm just gonna announce this now and then we'll let the defense get get five days to prepare for it so that's Matt Nagy he can he can he can eat my shorts that's what he can do but uh, th- then we get to Allen Robinson. Just uh, he's just not not doing anything. It, it's every single week. I, I think I, I saw something. He's been consistently wide receiver. Like it's in it's in like the 40s and 50s every week when it comes to his final production. And this is a guy who I would assume most people were probably drafting as a wide receiver too, most likely in fantasy. Um, the the production just hasn't matched up with the draft slot at all. Um, Bears offense just kind of goes in and out, it seems like, with what they're doing. And now, honestly, another thing that I think might hurt him is David Montgomery being out for the next four to five weeks. I mean, Montgomery was the, the heart of this offense these last few weeks, and having him actually get you yardage opens up the pass game a little bit. With him out, like, I, there's Robinson's really the only guy on that team that defenses are going to be, like, worrying about, I feel like. So I, I don't see a good future for him, um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the team that he's on. Cause I really do like Allen Robinson. I think at his peak, he's a probably a top 15 receiver in football, but just, just not happening this year. I can try to defend Allen Robinson as a fantasy owner. Um, I think I agree. He's not been productive, but I think it's just, it's not necessarily on him going into the season. That's what I said. I agree. Going into the season. I feel like he was quarterback proof. Because he's his whole career, he's had bad quarterback play. Um, I'm thinking if he last year, I believe his stat line, going off memory, I think it was 97 receptions, 1,200 yards, and six touchdowns. I felt like that was his floor going into this season because I felt like Justin Fields is like equivalent to Trubisky last year. Um, however, 
you start with Alan Rock. Sorry, you started with Andy Dalton, and it's been going back and forth. And I he I feel like he hasn't been able to develop any chemistry or report with I his agree. quarterbacks. So I'm hopeful that now that uh, Fields is named the starter going forward, they develop a chemistry and they get into a groove, uh, just resulting in better production going forward. And I know the the, the Dave Montgomery injury doesn't help. Um, but maybe that just leaves more volume for him. And I mean, Allen Robinson is, is good at getting open um, and may, and he has great hands. He can make it like, he's a pretty wide catch radius. So, I mean, if they force feed him the ball, if this offense is going to run through him, I feel like he can handle it. And I honestly think he's better than a, He could be a top 10. I think he's a top 10 receiver at his peak. So um, hopefully hopefully stock up Allen Robinson. I need I it. Was, I need I it for that, my fantasy team. That was, I think that was definitely a good ho- counterpoint to what Shreff brought up, but you guys both, in my opinion, made good points uh, in support of your argument. Maybe Matt Nagy is playing 40 chess and he's actually mm. going to start. He Andy stinks Dalton too. Or Nick no, Foles. I was just going to say it would be like 60 chess if all of a sudden Foles comes out there chucking that rock. Exactly. So never know until it actually happens but you know all jokes aside i mean i never really saw this coming i thought uh i didn't expect to start from the bears clearly because i no. had i was very high in them so we will we will see how the season progresses but uh not looking good as of now and if, if i mean that is a very dumb thing to do name your starting quarterback on saturday or something yeah like, like I, I i understand like i understand that the media obviously was like pressuring him to like stop like messing around and name someone but then at some point your football mind is to kick in and be like wait a minute we're playing a team in five days maybe we should leave them in the dark for a little bit longer but nope we'll announce it on wednesday morning that seems fair yeah leave some ambiguity to it yeah for sure. i don't know oh well uh my stock down player is ben roethlisberger we oh. talked about him a lot last week he now has only four touchdowns and on the season he has four interceptions on the year He's consistently missing throws. We've lost three straight games. We're going against a tough Denver defense next week, and there's rumors of him getting benched. So, again, pretty much the worst possible first quarter of the season for Big Ben that you could possibly imagine, I, I presume. So I really don't think it could have gotten any worse. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it can get worse from here, but... <laughs> Uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put that out into the universe of hell. You know, maybe it could get worse than this, but I don't know. I think I, I did check the over under in this game, the Steelers Broncos, and it's 39, 39 and a half. It's the tied for the lowest of the weekend. And I mean, that really does make sense considering how yeah. bad our offense has been. <laughs> that still might be too high. And is Bridgewater healthy? Bridgewater will not play. So it'll be Drew Locke. It's, it's, it's so, goodness. <laughs> my, oh, geez. Yeah. Th- it's gonna so be an ugly one. Who um, third... who starts or who who replaces Ben? Is it Rudolph? Who is it? Rudolph. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't buy into those rumors. He's not gonna get benched. Tomlin's oh, very. I, I don't. I don't think he will. It's just very adamant just... that he he bends the quarterback. And I I I I don't think he will. And I personally wouldn't even bench him. I wouldn't how, either. Despite yeah. how bad he's been playing, I don't. I wouldn't just because. The alternative is not better. And there's no clear cut future quarterback that we want to see get reps for and see how they do. You know what I mean? So 
I uh, I wouldn't do it personally, and I it just there's rumors circulating, so I just wanted to mention that in the in the narrative of his stock down. So let me just comment on that real quick. I don't want to get into actually Ben per se, but um, who I most feel bad for is Juju. Now, like he on Sunday, he had like three guys beat by two steps each for it was should have been a touchdown. Ben just overthrew him. Um, another play would have been a deep ball of Juju. He had his guy beat overthrown or Ben missed him. Um, and the routes that like we're having Juju run, it's just exclusively short routes late in the game. We had a fourth and I believe five, we had him just run. Like it, he, his, his route was like one or two yards deep. I don't know what we're drawing up for him, but yeah, he, he caught it, but then was not even close. Like, and you could tell he was clearly frustra- frustrated on the sideline, and I don't blame him um, because people are going to look back on, like, are going to see his stats this year. First, he's, he's his one-year deal, so he's entering and he's, he's in another contract year. So, um, like, his stats this year are not going to be as good as how good he is. And I know just on social media, people are just going to lay into him because people tend to do that. But he's an incredible wide receiver, and he's a lot more valuable. And honestly, some people think he's just like a, a short route, like could be a slot receiver. But like people forget he's had in 2017, 97-yard touchdown, 2018, 97-yard touchdown. Like he he can be a home run threat as well. Like he's a lot better than people think, and he's going to be a lot better than what his stats are going to be at the end of the season. So, And that's on our play calling and on Ben. So. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I do think Ben's costing Juju money next year in his uh, free agency pursuits. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely that. All right, we'll move on uh, to our stock down teams. Uh, we'll try to keep it a little bit brief as, you know, we were spending a lot of time on this segment. But who wants to go first? I'll go first. My stock down team is uh, the Dolphins. Oh, Jack. <laughs> just will overlap. You can just piggyback of what I'm going to say. No, I, I, I have a few other teams in mind. Okay. Um, so the Dolphins are one and three. Uh, they, in going forward, they got to, they got to travel to Tampa Bay to play the Bucs um, without Tua. And then they travel to London, which I believe Tua has had to come back then. Um. After that, they got the Falcons, and I believe their schedule gets kind of tough again. Uh, they're just, I don't know, they're just not good. Their offense, I just looked at their in yards per game. The only team they're better than is the Bears, the 31st team in yards per game in total yards. Uh, defensively, they rank, I think, like 22nd. Um, not great. I know going into Sunday, I love the injury report for Dolphins Bucks. Byron Jones didn't participate in practice, so they may be without him. Uh, granted, the Bucks are dealing with a lot of secondary injuries themselves, but anyway, um, yeah, they're just not good. And you know, another week without Tua, and this was going to be the year that they need to decide on Tua. I mean, he'll be back, but it's just not looking good for the Dolph for a team that. Won ten, won ten and six last year, and a lot of fans were expecting them to, re- or were hoping they'd repeat that. Um, 
that's kind of looking unlikely now, in my opinion. What, Shreff, what do you got to say? Anything you want to say about the Dolphins? No, I, the main the main thing that I was going to say originally was that I I mean we'll see if it changes. I I don't think there was that much of a drop off from Tua to Brissett, honestly. Um, put, yeah, in that in that Raiders game, Brissett played fine. Like they, I mean, they yeah, went to overtime, so that's something to be to what's the word? I don't know. Be excited about or to hang your hat on. You took the Raiders to overtime. They're a solid team. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. They're, I just don't. I don't see anything with them that makes me think that they're going to be able to like recover. Like I'm, I'm like, yeah, like they, they could end up being like an around like 500 team, I think. But I, honestly, I don't see a scenario where they're like a, like fighting for a playoff spot. Realistically. Another injury. I just remember that Will Ford just went on IR today. So he was supposed to be kind of a important part of their offense, but now he's gone and then offense is already struggling. So yeah. A lot to worry about with Miami. Certainly. Uh, I was going to mention the Will Fuller thing, and also I, they barely beat the Patriots week one, so they easily could have been 0-4 right. at mm-hmm. this point. So, yeah, not looking good for Miami. Uh, Shreff, who is your backup team that you could you could touch on? Uh, two other teams, and I'm debating which one I want to do. I'm going to – other schedule. Don't pick my team. No, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do this one. I'm going to go with we're going to see because it looks like there might be a new quarterback on the horizon, but right now I'm going to be taking the 49ers as my as, as my team. Spot. You did, did it. Did I? Yeah. Right, sorry. Um is Lance starting this weekend? Is that is that an official thing? It's not official, but I feel like it's it, it looks like it. Very, yeah, so I mean very possible. This is this is a current time stock down 49ers. If Trey Lance comes in and plays well, which I I think he will cuz I'm a big Trey Lance fan then Maybe I'll change my tune, but um, Niners offense, I don't like very much. Um, <laughs> that's a little vague, but um, that Packers game, I'm trying to remember, was that that was a Sunday night game. Um, law, only lost by two, but that that felt like the Packers kind of kind of handled them most of the night. Um, and then Seahawks game, uh, I I thought the Niners were a better team than the Seahawks doesn't seem like they maybe are it, it for me the main reason with the Niners is I mean we we talked about this even a couple weeks ago that that division is just loaded top to bottom and if you find yourself at the bottom of that division just getting beat up by these by these divisional teams you're gonna have a tough time doing anything of, of note so seeing them lose to Seattle was something that I did not like because I mean in my opinion it would go if I was ranking right now I'd go Rams Cardinals I guess Seahawks Niners right now so you got to you got to win that Seahawks game. You don't win it. Um, Jimmy G might not be the the starter incoming or from now on, but he I don't like him very much. I don't think he's I don't think he wins you games at all. Um, Shanahan has looked okay overall, but I also think that he he gets in his own way a lot of the time. I think about Ayuk um, and how he just like refused to to use him the first three weeks, and and like That's I, true. I understand I understand like maybe he didn't look that good, but like with how you played last year, you can't come in and be like, yeah, I'm going to teach you a lesson and, and sit you on the bench for a couple weeks. It's just not, that's not yeah. how that works, but yeah, the, the, the main reason that I have them down is simply just because of the division they're in. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree. They were my team as well. I'll add on a couple points. They lost two in a row. And even in their first two wins, they did, they played close games against some bad teams in the Eagles and the Lions. Eagles, yeah. It was, it was really bad. And they, yeah. So gave him a game without playing even near good. 
Yeah, so that's not encouraging at all. Four of their next five games are not particularly easy whatsoever. They play at Arizona this week. Then they play the Colts at home, at Chicago, home against Arizona again, and then home against the Rams. So a lot of divisional opponents, a lot of good teams in there. You mentioned the tough division. So if they if they uh, they have to start making ground because yeah. they they the four are their sorry three of the next five are as I mentioned are divisional games. So the opportunity is there in front of them, but you know it's not looking great as of now. And the last thing I'll say on this. I just think it's a funny stat. Do you guys know who has a better career winning percentage, Kyle Shanahan or Cliff Kingsbury? Oh, boy. I mean, I guess. Mm. Well, Kyle, as a head coach, doesn't Kyle Shanahan have more games? Correct. That's why. So maybe Cliff Kingsbury, barely. Cliff Kingsbury has a better winning percentage. Kyle Shanahan is 31 and 37 as a head coach. And Cliff really? Kingsbury is 17, 18 and one. They were really bad last year. I wouldn't. Yeah, I guess they were. I wouldn't have guessed that though. He's had more bad years than good years. Hmm, you learn something hmm. new every day, huh? So I am down on the 49ers. Here we go. Okay. All right. I believe that concludes stock up, stock down. It's Jeopardy time. Oh boy. It is Jeopardy. Oh, I forgot time. about Jeopardy time. I'm not, I'm, I'm not in Jeopardy mode right now. Not either. I guess Getting we got to bring up the old chat to buzz in, no? Yeah. Bring up the old chat. Get All in right. Jeopardy mode. Uh, today's, it's just two, there's 10 questions total. Okay. Uh, and it's all 2021 fantasy football Jeopardy. It's going to be hard, right. I feel like. Yeah, I, I agree. But there's a 100 through 500 and a 200 through 1,000. Ooh. So there's like so, regular okay. Jeopardy and double Jeopardy cool. round. Uh, nice. And I do have a final Jeopardy as well. So it's oh, kind of nice. like a regular game. Rolling. Uh, but yeah, we will go from there. That's pretty much it. Uh, just this season through the first four weeks. And who wants to go first if we have the chat ready? Uh, we, we can go. You can pick the difficulty. All right. Let's start with... I kind of want to I want to try one of these double ones. Let's do the... Let's do the 200 and the double in the double category. Okay. Can you guys keep score? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So this is the 200 point, the first one in the double Jeopardy category. Which 2018 first round wide receiver plays in the NFC South and is currently the wide receiver four overall in 2021? Shreff. Would that be DJ Moore? That would be DJ Moore. Yes. I was about to say, okay. I was about to say Calvin Ridley because he was the 2018 first round pick. Yeah, he was. And he plays in the NFC South, but he's right. Not yeah, but he, four. I was gonna say he's not. He's not up there this year. All right. Thinking All right, so was there. Shreff has 200, so someone. I'll write it down. Make note of that. Uh, Shreff, the board is still yours. What do you want to go with now? Let's move it up to that 400 on the double. All right, 400 points. The second question in the double uh, Jeopardy category i guess you could say sure which nfc west running back currently rb 22 overall in 2021 is tied jack oh there's more to the question um uh, i'm gonna ask chris carson chris carson is incorrect i'll read the <laughs> no! keep going make sure to subtract 400 from your points <laughs> which nfc west running back currently rb 22 overall in 2021 
is tied for second in the league with four rushing touchdowns. Oh. Uh, I think that's going to be James Conner. Yeah. You would think, and you would be correct. Yes. I really, I think... It, it's funny because because when Jack buzzed in, I was like, he's going to say James Conner and it's going to be right. Because I could just tell by the way the question was going, where it was headed, but I had to wait. I really think that Chris Carson is RB23. Really? Wow. So that's why not, I thought Chris Carson. That's a real he's shame, not, Jack. A real he's shame. He's not tied for second in rushing touchdowns. Right. So. Uh, I'm, I'm a thousand behind. It's negative 400 to 600. Shref, <laughs> uh, you're bored still. Let's just keep climbing. Though. Let's go 600. All right, 600. The third question in the double jeopardy category. It's a little bit of a long one, so I'll try to. Right, it slow I'm not gonna. Through. I'm not gonna buzz in early this time then. Which NFC quarterback is currently QB six overall this season, and is tied for the second least amount of interceptions thrown after having the second worst touchdown to interception ratio in 2020 among quarterbacks that started 14 or more games. Give it again. I will give it to you guys again. Which NFC quarterback is currently QB6 overall this year and is tied for the second least amount of interceptions thrown after having the second worst TD to interception ratio in 2020 among quarterbacks that started 14 or more games? I have a guess, but I don't know if I like it. This would bring you down to zero if you got it incorrect, but it would bring up 1,200 if you got it correct. Jack has a guess. He's going for it. Uh, it was Daniel Jones. That is correct. Daniel uh, that was the only, uh, I was debating between him and Goff, but I, won't, I, I was thinking Jones. Yeah. Yeah, he only has one interception on the year, and last year he had the se- second-worst TD to interception ratio um, among quarterbacks that started 14 or more games. So, Jack, what are you at, 200 now? 200 to stress 600. All right, so the board is yours. We have the 800 and the 1,000, and then one through five. Um, let's get off the doubles. We'll go 100. All right, so the, the 100 one. Which running back was RB2 overall in 2020 and is currently the RB1 through the first four weeks? I have Jack. I have myself as well. Uh, Derek Henry. Derek Henry is correct. Jack, you're bored still. It was RB1 last year. Kamara. Um, yeah. Kamara, right. Okay. Um, 200. 200 points. Which third-year NFC West pass catcher is currently the league leader in receiving yards and third overall at his position? Jack, oh, is that a buzzer? No. I know it. Yeah. Oh, what is your that. guess? Um, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is correct. Wow. I <laughs> well, first I thought Cooper Cup. I'm like, wait, no, he's wide receiver one, and then I'm like, DK Metcalf. I'm like, no, he's not good enough for that. Darn and it, then, Jack. You, you, and you then walked right uh, into that answer too. I you went into Debo Samuel. Buzzed. You didn't know it when you buzzed. That's a shame. I know. Uh, so, what is the points now? That question was for 200, so now I'm at 500. Oh, boy. Shrap's still at six? Yeah. All right, Jack, you have control of the board. We have 300 through 500 and also the eight and the 1,000. I'll take 300. All right. 300 points. 
which AFC East pass catcher is still top 10 in his position despite having only three catches for 41 yards in the first two weeks of the season? I'll read it again. Oh, Shreff has a guess. Is that Stefan Diggs? That is incorrect. No. I'll read it one more time. Which AFC East pass catcher is still top 10 at his position despite having only three catches for 41 yards through the first two weeks of this season? I think I might know it now. So it's got to be someone that like recently went off. Why am I drawing a blank? Five, four, three, two. I'm not going to guess. One, no guess. Can I have another guess? Sure. Is it Corey Davis? It is not Corey Davis. Oh, it's not him either. Corey Davis had a big week one, I think. Oh. The answer is Mike Gusecki. Oh, Pat. Uh, you said pass catcher. He threw me off. He threw me off. If you, if you, I only wouldn't have guessed Gusecki anyway. If you only had three catches for 41 yards in the first two weeks of the season, you have to be a tight end. Top right. Player. I was just thinking about receiver. Yeah, I guess yeah, I don't you're know. Right. You're right. No, no, no wide receiver is going to have that bad of a stats through the first two weeks and still yeah, be top 10. Right. So, Shref, oh, yeah. you're down to 300 now. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. So, Jack has the last correct answer still. So, he still has control of the board. We have four questions left before final Jeopardy. Give me 400. All right. Here we go. 400 points. Which NFC rookie running back is currently RB51 overall? Uh, which NFC rookie running back is currently RB51 overall? I'm literally just rolling through teams right now. Can I make a guess? I have a guess. I have a guess, too. I think we're going to guess the same person. I think we are, too. <laughs> no one has buzzed in yet. You have five seconds. Five, well, it could be. I'm not going to guess because it could be another guy, maybe. Three, two. One. I'm not going to do it, but if it's right, I'm going to be mad. Who is your guess? It won't count for points. Trey, Trey Sermon. You both guessed Trey Sermon? Yeah. yeah. It is Eli Mitchell. Okay, good. Uh, same backfield. Good. I'm pretty sure Trey Sermon is pr- right around 51, too. Yeah, yeah that's just, a see, tough I, one. I also considered Mitchell, but then I was thinking about his first, like, two weeks that he played pretty well. Yeah, but he hasn't played last I know. week and maybe another I, one. So. I still thought 51 was maybe a little low. Or 53, whatever it was. But yeah. I was a lot of could All potentially right. be gain kind of gain well too. I can there, there aren't many rookie running backs in the NFC because like no. Najee, ETN, I'm just thinking of Javante Williams. I was struggling and, um, with names. And Michael like, Carter. Yeah. yeah. That's really it. Yeah. Yeah. I was struggling to come up with names there. Right. Okay. So Jack, it's five hundred to three hundred, correct? Yeah. yeah. And you have five hundred, eight hundred, and a thousand left. So very high point total questions. What are you going with? I'll do five hundred. All right, 500. I'm nervous now. Which NFC DST, defensive defensive slash special teams, is currently the fifth highest scoring defense of 2021, leads the league with eight interceptions, and is only rostered on Streff? Cowboys. Cowboys is correct. Yeah. I saw that stat today, so thanks for that. I appreciate that. Oh, I and the, the only reason that I saw the stat is because it was like Cowboys at eight, and then there was like two other teams, and then Trayvon Diggs' name with five. There you go. He, him, him himself is like fourth or like fifth in the league, like team defense for interceptions. 
Yeah, they lead the league with interceptions, and the rest of the question was, is only rostered on 29.1% of NFL.com fantasy leagues. There you go. All right, Trev takes a big jump there. He is at 800, and Jack's at 500, but there's still an 800-point question and a 1,000-point <laughs> question, so huge swings could potentially ensue. What are you going with, Trev, 8 or 10? Let's go for the big boy. All right, here we go. The 1,000-point question. The big oh, boy. <laughs> I like this one. Which AFC West tight end is currently tight end 30 on the year? This player scored more points than Travis Kelsey in week four and has just as many receiving touchdowns as Darren Waller, George Kittle, and Kyle Pitts combined on the season. Jack. Who is Donald Parham? That is incorrect. <laughs> Can you read it to me one more time? Because now I feel like I, I feel like I should still make a guess. You should. I should for the honor of the league. I'll, Can you I'll read, read it again more, for me. I'll read it one more time. Which AFC West tight end is currently tight end thirty on the year? He has scored more points than Travis Kelsey in Week Four, and has just as many receiving touchdowns as Darren Waller, George Kittle, and Kyle Pitts combined on the season. And you said he's tight end thirty. Tight end 30. So it's it's got to be a backup tight end. It's definitely not a starter. I have... W- <laughs> you really got to dig in the... the, the I, Dar- I Donald, Parham, Donald Parham is a good guess. That's well, a fantastic and, and, guess. Well, and and, and, it, and it's funny, Jack, because that that was like the area that like I was... His name, I was trying to think of the name of the Chiefs backup. He just, yeah, he caught a... T- no, he's a Chargers backup. Oh, yeah, he's the... Oh, wait, then you know... Wait, hold on. I should have said that. I said too much. Oh, I don't know his name, though. I should. You're thinking of... Oh, okay. Oh, You're wait. I know, seconds. I know it now. All right, let me guess again. I, I don't know his name. After so this. I'm, I'm just not going to guess, but I, 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 it, I, I think it's the Chiefs backup, whoever that is. I don't think it's the Chiefs backup. Is it? Is it that Broncos backup? It's, is it time out, Mitchell? Yeah, I, I ran out no of time. I, I don't have any guess. Miss free guess. Is it Foster Moreau? Is not Foster Moreau. I'm just keep guessing backup AFC West tight ends. Is it, is it Albert O? It's not Albert O. It, is, it, <laughs> is it the Broncos backup? The dude, the, that is Albert O. Oh, that's him? Yeah, he's behind no fan. I, Can I read Jared, the answer now? It, it's yeah, not yeah. Jared Cook. I'm going to guess it's not Jared Cook. No, Jared Cook's like thir- 12. Exactly. So is Kelsey, is Kelsey, Jared Cook, Donald Palm, no fan, Albert O, Darren Law, Foster Moreau. Those are all, those are the, all the AFC West tenants I know, and that's like a lot. <laughs> it's none of them, evidently. So before, <laughs> before I read the answer here, which this seems to be a very popular question, uh, Donald Parham is tight end 36, but he only has one receiving touchdown the year, which would disqualify him for the answer. Albert O, tight end 33, but also has one, tight, one touchdown on the season, which would disqualify him for the answer. But this tight end, who is tight end 30, and the answer to the question has two, t- two touchdowns on the year, which is just as many as Darren Waller, George Kittle, and Kyle Pitts combined. This player did score more than Travis Kelsey in week four, and his name is Jody Fortson. He's the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. I, okay. <laughs> you know what? I'm actually mad that I didn't know it because I literally watched the. Yeah, event. you saw him, right? You watched I did. him and no, catch and, a touchdown. And, and you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, 
when I was saying the Chiefs backup, I don't I don't think I was talking about uh, your guy, Jack. I'm, I think I was talking about him because I remember seeing this random like there was like twice where Frankie and I looked at each other and we were like, who? <laughs> yeah. Jody so clearly, I just didn't remember his name. He has All four right. catches on the year. Two of them for touchdowns. That Chiefs offense, man. Yep. All right, so Jack, that brings Jack down to negative five hundred. I'm sorry, Jack. I wanted to make a guess, but I really didn't. I didn't know anything. Yeah, and I dug deep for all those. All right, negative five hundred to Shrev's eight hundred. Right. Oh, you're you're still good. Well, yeah, because this this question's eight hundred, so definitely could swing things here. I'll make sure I bet a good amount on the final Jeopardy, unless I. Okay. For eight hundred points, the final question before final Jeopardy. Which NFC quarterback, currently QB 15 on the season, started three games this year and has the same or more total touchdowns than Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, or Ryan Tannehill on the season? Started three games. Jack. Heineke. Taylor Heineke is correct. Yeah. All right, so Jack gets back up to 300, and Shreff's at 800. Jack's back into the I'm, positive. Good I'm guess on all. that one, Jack. I'm betting it all. I guess I guess Jack's betting it all, too. So, Shreff's, there we go. Do you want us to message you privately on Zoom, Mitchell? Uh, yeah, okay. sure. Jack has set in his wager. Mine is everything. And Shreff is laying out on the table, and he's betting 800. Yeah. Uh, there's no category name. It's just still fantasy. Football. We already wagered anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. I yeah. Category should have disclosed have that anyway. My decision. But... All right, here we go. You have 30 seconds, and you can also uh, message me directly uh, what your answer is. Which former Fordham running back is in his fourth season in the NF- with the NFC team that drafted him? is currently RB17 on the year, has had at least 10 fantasy points in every game this season, and is third amongst running backs with 20 catches. I'll read it one more time as I'm pulling up the Jeopardy music. You said Uh, RB17? Yes, RB17. Can I have a format, please? All of these are half PPR. Okay. Okay. So it's one more time. Which former Fordham running back is in his fourth season with the NFC team that drafted him? Oh, is currently is currently RB seventeen on the year. Has had at least ten fantasy points in every week this year, and is third amongst running backs with twenty catches. Good luck. Pretty sure I picked the guy that has not been on the same team for his entire career. We're gonna. That's why I had it first. Well, as no, that I don't think we're the same player. Or I don't know. Yeah, I thought I, I thought I actually knew it, but then I realized he switched around teams. Anyway, I made a I guess though. I think we so, did the same thing. Then I didn't. I didn't guess that guy though. Uh, okay. Shreff publicly wagered all of his points at eight hundred. 
I did do that. That's and true. he incorrectly guessed JD McKissick. That's who I was gonna guess. That's what I was gonna guess. I immediately immediately wrote him, and then I then I was like, he hasn't been on Washington for four years. They didn't draft him. Jack wagered two hundred and ninety nine points. Big bad stress. And correctly guessed Chase Edmonds. See my wager, Chef? No, but yeah, well, I heard your wager. No, I I didn't I didn't say my wager. Yeah, you said you wagered two ninety nine. Oh yeah. So even if I got it wrong, I would have won. <sighs> Whatever. But anyway, I got it right, and I'm superior. Wow. Can't there you go. Wow, that was a. I was a did very well. That I started off in a deep hole at a negative four hundred. Yeah, that, and that, I've climbed my way since. I had a negative 500 in there with that whole AFC West tight end debacle. And I correctly guess Edmonds victorious. battled back from, from McKissick and on my mind. <laughs> they should write 30 for 30 about that. Yeah, they, they really should. That was um, good stuff. Hope you enjoyed the questions. They were fun to make. Yeah, really they were good. good um all right, so we'll move on to the grand finale, the lock of the week. Can we fly through lock of the week? Because I got to pee. Sure. All right, well, we'll fly through it. I'll briefly say what we did last week. Yeah, as I do you have updated we, records? We were one and one each. So what's that? So I'm two and two. You guys are both uh, three and ones. Three and one. Right. So Jack and I both incorrectly got Bucks minus seven last week. I got Browns minus two. Jack had Chiefs minus seven. Shref also had Chiefs minus seven, but he did not get Titans minus seven, which they lost outright. So I'm done with the Titans. I'm officially done with the Titans. <laughs> I won't be betting on them any longer. All right. So who is your... I go first because yeah. we're kind of rotating here. Uh, I'm still de- deciding, to be honest, but I'll give my one, uh, which is I my main lock. And ironically enough, it is the Titans. Minus have four fun. and a half. Have fun. We mentioned that the Jags are a mess. True. The Urban Meyer situation is very distracting. But the main reason is Derrick Henry owns the Jags. He absolutely he is their father. The last five games against the Jags, he has 740 rushing yards and nine rushing touchdowns, and that's 148 yards per game and 1.8 touchdowns per game. He absolutely owns them. He's going to have at least 25 fantasy points this week. And the Titans are going to absolutely destroy them. I have full confidence that they're going to cover the four and a half, and it is an absolute lock. Okay. Lock it up. Titans minus four and a half. Who's next? Ooh. I can go. Um, um, for my first one, I'm going to be taking the Packers minus three against the Bengals. Um, like the Packers, Bengals have been fine, not great. Um, I just think this is a matter of like experience winning over an, an inexperienced team. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play himself a nice little game. I think Aaron Jones is going to return to what he normally does. I think Devontae Adams is going to have a good week. I just three points does not seem like enough to give the Packers in this game. I like the Packers minus three. Uh, I'll give my first one, and that's also Packers minus three for all the reasons Streff said. And I think the line is that. The spread's that short or small because the Bengals are at home, which I kind of don't feel like that's much of a factor, uh, as much of a factor as the sports books think it is. So I'm going to go with Packers minus three is my first one. 
I want to make a slight amendment. Uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook actually has the Titans at minus four. So can I have them at minus four? You can have it. I guess. Okay. I mean, they're going to win by 10, but I'll just give it. it. You better hope they don't win by four and a half. Alt it. <laughs> you better hope they <laughs> same thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I also, just to note that the Packers have a lot of defensive injuries. Uh, Alan Smith, uh, though. These pish posh. Two, these two don't seem to be worried. Nah, pish posh. So, I'm still deciding, but I've officially decided right now. Okay. Oh. <laughs> My next lock of the week is Giants plus seven. Ooh. We both talked about them trending up. The Cowboys is their, who they're playing, and I don't hate it. It was when it first opened up, I think it was minus eight and a half. I'm like, whoa, that's a lot. It's a divisional game. Granted, the Cowboys are at home, but I really do think it could be close. Um, I mean, that's a stay away game for me, but I don't hate the pick, to be honest, surprisingly. Right. I mean, divisional games, I don't think, unless it's a very, very unbalanced matchup, I don't think right. it should be, you know, a touchdown difference, to be honest. And Giants are coming off a win against yeah. a Saints team that was two and one going into week four. And I think, and the Giants, they really, even if you think back to last year, they had a lot of close games. They played the Bucks really well. They played the Eagles really well. There was a lot of games they played really close. And this year, even so, a lot of their games have been close again. I mean, besides week one, because Teddy Bridgewater always covers the spread. We all know this. So other besides that, they 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 play close games. So I, I'm not even I'm not saying they're gonna win, but seven points is too much in my opinion. So the Giants are uh my second lock of the week. Cool. Um, feels weird picking an underdog. I think we've only done one so far when we've picked an underdog. But. Well, Mitchell, it, it, it's your lucky day. Cause I'm coming with an underdog now too. Um, I'm actually going in a similar direction as you. I don't necessarily think that this team's going to win this game, but I like the points that they're being given. So I will be taking the bears plus five and a half against the Raiders. Okay. Um, and, uh, field starting interests me if if this is dalton at qb i don't know if i take this bet it, int- it intrigues me i must admit and i like the bears defense against the raiders offense i think the raiders defense has been all right this year nothing nothing too crazy going on um i think that Bears secondary is going to lock up anything that they normally have the game against the charges that they just played i was not impressed at all with their offense i think it kind of sputtered out a little bit finally after a couple weeks here but don't, like I said, don't necessarily think the Bears are going to win this game, but I do think they are going to be within that five and a half point mark. Fair enough. Okay. Jack, the final lock of the week. Uh, my final lock, I'm going with uh, Panthers. Ooh. Minus three and a half over the uh, Eagles. Panthers are back at home coming off a. Uh, their first loss, I think they can bounce back against what we talked about, not the toughest opponent in the Eagles right now. So uh, I do like the Panthers to win by by at least four points. There you go. There. All right, folks, that's our episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the little Jeopardy game there. Um, and hopefully we can win you some money with our lock of the week. So thank you for tuning in. Um, and 
we will catch you next week in another, another episode. Be sure to follow us on TikTok as well at mm-hmm. at Hogline Podcast. We'll be posting some episode clips on there. So, you know, just so if we can reach another medium of a viewership, but yeah, we uh we'll, we'll try to pick some of the best highlights of the episode and put it on there as well. So be sure to do that and uh, like and share and do all that stuff as well. So we'll catch you next time with another episode and have a great week. Good luck. See ya. Bye.